Episode 6 of It's Not About the Gear. This is recorded on the 8th of August 2016. Our introductory music was a piece contributed by my friend Larry in Colorado. He goes by the name of Ashbrook Music online. And I don't think that piece actually has a name, but it was a nice bit of riffing. And I'll give you an update on what's been happening since the last show, which was about a month ago. So I've been to a a few more gigs. Went to a uh, Bowie tribute gig at a place called The Stables near us. It's uh, originally set up by Cleo Lane and her husband John Dankworth. So they're in the more in the jazz field, but they have all sorts of gigs on. But I'd never been there before, and this was they were called Ultimate Bowie. It was an eight-piece group, including the singer. And I have to say, he he got the voice right, even when he was talking. He, he sounded like Bowie even if he wasn't quite as slim as him. He did a couple of costume changes. And he was good. He, he had all the moves down. But this did actually... actually annoyed my wife because she's a big Bowie fan and now he's deceased. I don't know if she considers it sort of taking the mickey. But, uh, I mean, that's the guy's job. That's what he does. He puts on a, a show for those who have seen Bowie and for those who haven't. And... The crowd seemed to enjoy it. A lot of people got up dancing. I mean, mostly older people, sort of 40s, 50s and above. But there were a few kids there. And they just enjoyed the show. They had a couple of good guitarists with nice martial rigs going on. And a couple of keyboard players as well. But it was a good night. More recently, we went to another Bowie-related event, which was the David Bowie Prom at the Albert Hall. This was organised after his death. And that meant it was started at 10.15 at night and ran on past midnight, which is a bit of a late night for us, but there you go. Uh, this was arranged around some recordings that Amanda Palmer and a guy called Jarek Bischoff did after Bowie's death. They did a little EP which is available on Bandcamp, and they got together with a group called the Stargaze Ensemble, who's string and wind players. And then they had various other performers up on stage doing different songs. So there was Neil Hannon from The Divine Comedy, guy from Villagers, Mark Almond, Anna Calvi, Paul Buchanan, who was in The Blue Nile, Laura Mavula, and John Cale from The Velvet Underground. And it was different arrangements of the songs. I mean, some of them were fairly standard, but it was definitely a bit of an emotional night. There was a big sing-along of Let's Dance at the end. We enjoyed it. And then a couple of days later, I went to another gig, a prog band called Frost, who I've seen before, playing in a small venue at a pub in Cambridge. Only about 200 people packed in there. It was a bit hot and sweaty. That was a really good night. 
they're just really good performers. There's the guy, Jem Godfrey, is the man behind it. He writes a lot of the songs, plays keyboards with people like Joe Satriani. The guitarist and co-singer is John Mitchell, who's with It Bites and various other prog acts. And he's a pretty good guitarist. I mean, there's some solos that they do, which he really manages to nail every time that I've heard. And then the bass player plays with Level 42 and the drummer. I've seen him with Stephen Wilson. And I think he does various other sessions. So a couple of different gigs I've been to. I was going to talk about my pub session and what it's like to set up. Now I uh, started one of these a few years back and I had a couple of people coming regularly and it ran for a while but we sort of gave up on it after a while but last year I got together with a guy in the village and we set up, initially called it Guitar Club and it was run from my home and we got people in bringing their guitars and amps and they could just have a jam and chat and give some tips to beginners. And this evolved into an acoustic session at the local pub. And basically, if you want to set one of these up, you've just got to go for it. Talk to the landlord or whoever owns the place. They'll probably have a music license anyway. If they run a jukebox, I think they did a license for that, at least in the UK. And especially if they have live acts on there, then they may be interested. And there were new management at the pub. And I talked to them and they were really up for getting some live music going. And to, to be honest, the place is fairly quiet during the week. So they're happy to have a few people in buying drinks, preferably buying drinks, because that's the only way they make their money. And we've built up something. There's a, Some of the regular guys come every week, and we can have a, a dozen people in there some nights, mostly guitar players. We've had a keyboard in there, uh, some ukuleles. As one of the regulars brings his double bass most weeks. He's really into his rock and roll, so he slaps away on that quite happily, but he'll try other stuff as well. And it's an opportunity just to... Tr- play stuff in front of people and so it gives you an incentive to actually learn some songs each week and try and cut something new and it can be something that everyone can join in with or it can be something that you want to play on your own some of the guys do some more challenging stuff and i like to try something different and people might not even know the songs i do sometimes but they've only got to listen to me for three minutes and then it's on to the next one and we just take it in turns, don't have a strict order really to how it goes. Whoever's ready to play the next song goes for it. And if they want someone to sing with them or whatever, then they can do that. So one of the guys there has been giving lessons to some of the beginners. And it's amazing how they come on. They could hardly play when they first started. I mean, these are older beginners, they're not kids. But they've been playing at the last couple of open mic sessions. So we do that every month. And we've got a PA system and people can just get up and play. And sometimes the pub's packed, sometimes not so. But we've had people coming in from neighbouring towns. And as I say, you, you just have to go for it. There isn't a session already. Try setting one up. There's plenty of places to advertise it online now. Obviously, most people are on Facebook. But there's a site called Meetup, which at least in the UK seems to be quite popular for setting up any sort of group activity. And there's sort of people who go walking, people play board games, anything you can think of really people are doing on there. But there's quite a lot of music activities on there and sessions. And... People just join up and they see the events that are there. And that's one of the ways I brought people in. You do have to pay if you're running a group on there. It's about $10 a month. And I think it goes up to 15 if you've got over 50 members. And we're up over 40 now. So might have to move up to the next tier. But then I think it's unlimited from there. So we had our open mic session last week. And for that, my daughter plays 
bass. She's been playing with a school rock band and doing a few YouTube videos, and she agreed to work on some songs with me. So we put together a set of three songs. I mean, that's the standard at the open mic, is you get to do three songs, and then it's the next person, so nobody hogs the evening. And it, it went fairly well, in considering we had fairly limited rehearsal, and she only learnt one of the songs on the day, because not the sort of music that she'd normally play. She's more into a metal and rock stuff, though these were fairly rocky than one bluesy one. And I'll say, yeah, went pretty well. There's a guy who plays drums for anyone who wants him. And main problem I had really is that this problem I've got with the nerves in my right hand means that I have difficulty holding on to the pick sometimes. And I, I did drop it a couple of times, but you just have to muddle through. I want to keep playing. I'm starting to realise that maybe I wouldn't be able to play a full set with the band with the way things are going because I just haven't got the strength in that hand to keep playing all night. But I'll do what I can because I enjoyed it. And so we had lots of people there. There's a couple of girls from a daughter's school. Got a nice duo thing going on with some original songs. Some group of guys came in, guitar and ukulele, and plus all the regulars. One of the guys uses a looper, which I think I've mentioned before. Then I did a acoustic set of three songs later, got people singing along. I was pulled in to accompany other people. The landlady likes to sing a song, so I had to quickly learn these boots were made for walking. Just looked it up on the internet quickly, fairly simple chords. And also accompanied the barmaid and the landlady singing another song. And then the, one of the guys asked me to do rhythm on another song. So by the end of it, I'd had about enough. I was struggling to hold on to a pick and... It was, it's a long day. We, we finish usually well after midnight and I start fairly early. But it's just really good fun. And that's why I do it. And that's why everyone does it. We're not making any money from it. If you want to make money, then there's different avenues for that. But talking to the, the landlady, I can appreciate it. it's difficult for a pub to afford to pay bands just because... They're only if they're not unless they're charging for tickets, which they do for the frost gig. But even so, there they might make a few thousand, plus the pub's taking its cut. At our local pub, I've been to gigs there where there's only about a dozen people in the audience, and they're not going to drink that much beer. So, if the band gets more than travelling expenses, they're doing well, really. But the live music scene does seem to have deteriorated over the years. I think people stay in more watching TV or whatever, and don't go out and a lot of pubs have shut down here it's not just live music just people don't go out as much so I'm happy to help the pub by running this session and to be honest I, d I don't have to do much it more or less runs itself there's a couple of other guys that I can depend on to do things if I'm not there and that's that's how it should be I've got a job I don't want another job running this and I'm not getting paid for it money's not everything but we've all got to make our way doing the things we that we like and I've got limited time for making music and this is one of my outlets is a few hours each week down the pub playing some songs and having a chat with people and a beer and it's just a good night i mean ours is acoustic you could do it some other way but you've got to it depends on your venue if it's in a pub you can't make that much noise really if they've got other stuff going on i mean they've got two bars in this pub there's people in the other one playing pool or whatever but they have other events on at the pub and Obviously, we can't do it then if they've got events that are going to pay them money. But they're happy to have us so far, and one of the guys has started a daytime session for those who don't want to do the evening or just have that time free. I think he's had one or two people in for that, and that's great. The more, the merrier, and it's putting in more people to make music and have a bit of fun. Now, uh, my friend Alfie has been contributing to the show again. One of the things he was he sent me a link to... Uh, 
interview with Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine on Guitar World. Basically, the title of the gig, uh, sorry, the article is, he says, Gear Doesn't Matter. I've said this before, I mean, this show is not about gear because, primarily, because I think it's the playing that matters, and I think that's sort of what he's saying. He said he's had the same guitar, which he had to mess around with to make it playable, and he's stuck with it for over 20 years, and he has a few effects and amps and gets on with it. It's very easy to obsess over this gear, over gear, and keep spending money just to find that elusive tone, but ultimately it's the notes that matter, that's what people listen to, and... The gear does matter to the player, I know, I can appreciate that to a lot of people. It's, you've got to have your sound and feel comfortable with it, but the audience is not appreciating it in the same way. They they hear a guitar and it's it's just a guitar to them, and if you've got a £5,000 guitar, it makes no odds to them really. I mean, if it was, it was a £100 guitar, they probably wouldn't notice, but if it feels better to you, that then that matters. And if you've got the money, by all means go for it, but... I think he's trying to say that if you can't afford the special gear, then don't worry about it. Play with what you've got, have fun, make some music and get out there. And going back to lessons, I was still doing the Paul Gilbert one when I can. And then I also saw an offer to a guy called James Shipway, who runs an online guitar school, a British guy. And he was doing a, a little course on lead guitar, just a series of videos and sort of emails linked in with it. So I did those, and it's the usual sort of bluesy licks. And he's obviously trying to sell his business. He wants to, you to buy his course. But I thought it was reasonable lessons. I haven't subscribed to his course because I've already paying for the Artist Works Paul Gilbert course, and I can only really dedicate myself to one at a time. But I'm practising as much as I can in the limited time I've got. So Alfie's main contribution this week is a little thing he's recorded talking about tuning. So I'll play that in now and I'll talk to you later. Check it out guys, it's Alfie, or you may know me as Alfalfa Sprout 69 coming to you from Studio AU in Sydney, Australia. Today I'd like to talk about something that I think is pretty important for everyone that plays guitar, and that's being able to tune your guitar by ear. And I don't mean go out and tune your guitar just out of nothing, no pitch, no nothing like that and tune it. What I mean is to tune relative. When I first learned how to play guitar, I, um, I didn't have a lot of money. So I couldn't even afford a guitar tuner, like an electric guitar tuner. But I could afford a book that said 10 Easy Lessons to Play Guitar. And it was a pretty good book. It taught me a lot of things. Actually, probably most of the things that I know today, which is quite surprising. Uh, however... It had a, the first track on it was like a CD and booklet thing. It had uh, some tracks that were basically reference notes for the six strings on the guitar, so you could tune to that. At the time, I was shocking at it, and I found it extremely frustrating. And I actually got a tuner that I, I guess you could say, bartered. I can't remember what I swapped a friend for at the time, or why he even had a tuner, because he didn't really play an instrument. But it's a big old boss TU-12 or something like that and um, I ended up getting that and strictly used the tuner. However, throughout that time of, of me using a guitar tuner, I really wasn't training my ears and one thing I found that I really struggled with with um, learning the guitar was actually bending to pitch. Now I know the guitar is a, quite a temperamental instrument and uh, there's a lot of variations seeing its strings stretched across a piece of wood. Uh, however, if you can bend up to pitch relative to what your guitar is intonated to, it's just such a, a huge, huge leap in your skill set and your, um, your oral skills. 
Uh, if anyone doesn't know what um, oral skills means, it just means your listening skills or your uh, play-by-ear skills. So what I thought I would do today is uh, introduce something I've actually, I believe I did this on the Six Dream Bliss podcast many years ago. However, what I've got here is some pre-recorded notes. And these are just the six strings on your guitar. So from low to high, E, A, D, G, B, and E, just standard tuning. So what you can do to, in order to help train your ears, you can just do this in any way. You don't have to do it for that long. A couple of minutes a day, and uh, it will really, really help you to identify those notes if you don't know them already. So you may not be able to just pick up your guitar and tune it from thin air, but it, this is definitely going to help to uh, train your ears to understand uh, the sounds that we, we're chasing for. And if we all play guitar, we really should know these sounds. So I've got the six separate tracks here for each note of the open string. And normally what I would do, what I used to do is I actually recorded uh, each of the strings open and then I would say what it was. So I'd hit the low E, you'd hear the, you'd hear the note, and then I would say low E. Um, or the D string, you'd hear the note, then I'd say D and I'd record that. I used to play it uh, on random within an MP3 player or on a CD player. And so I'd hear the note and I'd try to guess what it was. And I used to keep it score on a notepad and just write all the how many times I got it right and how many times I got it wrong. But I realized there's actually a better way to do this, which will really accelerate the learning process. Rather than actually say what notes they are, here's a, here's a good lesson for people to do. If you can do this uh, just every day as you're tuning up or you know, a couple of times a week, it will really, really help you develop. So what I'll do is the recordings that uh, Steve will link here, I'm not going to say what notes they are. However, if you tune your guitar the way you normally tune it, use a tuner or, or a reference note online, there's many great uh, tuners on the internet or free ones with an apps on your, on your smartphones. Tune your guitar to pitch, the standard. Then take the, these tracks and put them on random in your MP3 player or put them on a CD or whichever way you prefer to listen to, uh, listen to music normally. And then play the note, stop it, and try to guess what it is. And then instead of me telling you what the note is in a pre-recording pre after the note's played, what you do is grab the guitar you're holding and just play each of the six strings separately, open strings, until you match that note. And that is how you'll really, really hone in on how to identify each of the open strings on the guitar in standard tuning. And you're probably thinking to yourself, how does this possibly help? But uh, it really does help a lot. We often learn from our mistakes, so don't get worried if you make a mistake and it's not the right note or you're guessing the wrong note. You just keep at it, you know, just do it, don't exhaust yourself, just do it for a minute or so, or a couple of minutes a day, uh, or even a couple of minutes once a week. And if you keep this consistent for a few months, you'll really, really start to hear the difference. And then what it will do as well will give you that sense of understanding what the pitch is meant to be and how, to, how they're different from each other. So then when you go to things like soloing and string bending, you'll actually bend up to the correct pitch. You'll be able to hear that, hear it really, really well. And uh, it should give you guys a, a, a good step in the right direction if you're not there already. So give it a try. Just give it a try once or twice. See what you think of it. 
Um, again, like most lessons, you know, the motivation is on yourself. And the more you put in, the more you'll learn. But I think that if you just take this slow, you know, a couple times a week to start off with, and then if you've got time to do it every day, just do it for a minute each day. Just run through the tracks. And um, you know what? Even if you're playing them in order of tuning the guitar, you'll still learn from this. You'll still be able to identify it. If you play the note, then play it on your guitar to match it up, regardless of what order that you're listening to them in, you'll really understand the sounds of the open strings. I'd like to thank Steve once again for having me on his show. And until next time, guys, this is Alfie signing out. So tuning is something we all have to get a handle on. I mean, when I got my first guitar, I'm not sure I had any sort of tuning device. I mean, back then, if you were lucky, you got a pitch pipe to tune your guitar to or a tuning fork if you could use that. And it was only later I bought myself an electronic tuner. I think it was a Korg. I think it was actually the size of a cassette tape. and sort of had a flip-over cover to make it stand up. I sold that one at some point because I'd got another tuner. I've got several tuners now. There's one in my Zoom H4 that I'm recording with now. There's another in my Roland Cube amp. My Zoom effects unit also has one. And then I've got one of these little clip-on tuners. I think it's a Planet Waves one, which is very discreetly hides behind the headstock. And I use that on my acoustic mostly. I mean, a lot of newer acoustics have a tuner built in, so you, you can just use that. But I think, as Alfie says, you, it's better if you can hear it. I mean, I, I do tune by ear sometimes. There's a, one or two tunes I play in drop D. So I try to tune that. And one thing I've found is... Uh, the usual thing of tuning one string to another. So if you hit the fifth fret on most of the strings, then that's the same note as the next string up. And sometimes they sound very similar. And the way I find to see if it's the same note is to actually sing them. So you can sort of, if it goes la, la, I think, oh, that's higher. I just have to do that to get it into my head which way it needs to go. Sometimes I can't actually hear it directly, but singing the notes, I find, makes it more obvious. But it's a skill we should all work on. You've got to be in tune to play. If you're not, you won't sound good. Your chords will sound off, and if you're playing with the band, you're going to be out with them. So you've all got to be tuned up properly. So with all these electronic tuners, there's no excuse to be out of tune. When I went to the guitar show recently, just about every stand that was selling something had loads of clip-on tuners, and they're only a few pounds, so... Get yourself one of those, but also work on your ear. So I think that's about it for this episode. And I'll leave you with a piece that Alfie did. It's again, doesn't have a name really. I think he just called it a jam. So enjoy that and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.